Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 15. Today, I'll be interviewing Carrie Radovich. She is an SLP author who creates resources for preschool SLPs who crave creativity but struggle with finding the time to plan and prep materials for group therapy. She has been an SLP since 2011, blogging since 2013, and has been featured in the ASHA Leader. Through Instagram and her website, rockchalkspeechtalk.com, Carrie regularly serves nearly 5,000 SLPs with easy and practical therapy ideas, utilizing books, toys, and low, no-prep printable materials. So I found Carrie on Instagram, and I asked her to be a guest today on the podcast because I was really excited for her to share her wonderful work with everybody here who's listening. So thank you so much for being here today, Carrie. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So I just have some questions for you. So I love your website and I love all your materials. I just wanted to know what came first. Was it the store, the Teachers Pay Teachers store, or was it your website? Um, It was actually my Teachers Pay Teachers store, but just like a few months earlier. Um, So I had started my Teachers Pay Teachers store, I think, in January of 2013, maybe like the end of January. And then I think my first like official blog post was either sometime in June or July of that year too. So pretty close, but the TPT store came first. So can you just talk about what type of products you have on your Teachers Pay Teachers store and also how many products do you have now? Yeah, um, so I think I'm pretty close to 100 right now Wow. Um, in my store. And um So at the beginning, I kind of just had a hodgepodge of a lot of different types of materials. Um, But the last few years, I've mostly been creating um, book companions and um, just language activities that are um, themed because most preschool SLPs are following um, like the theme of a preschool classroom that they're serving. And so I've been creating a lot of um, like themed language materials that are all just um, like no prep or really minimal prep. So it's stuff that you can just like print and use right away or print. And you might have to like, you know, cut out a few pieces, like right at the beginning of your session or something like that, but just things that make it really easy um, for SLPs to just be able to kind of like grab that one thing, print it and go, and you've got your therapy planned and there's no real extra prep time involved with it. Wow. So, I mean, is all your products, just to kind of give an idea for the audience, um, so as far as age groups go, I know you said preschool, but I'm also looking at a lot of your products and it could definitely be used with early elementary as well. Yeah. So I gear most of them like specifically towards preschool, but just depending on, you know, what you're working on with a kindergarten student or a first grade student, um, some of those, you know, materials may be applicable too. So Wow. So let me just ask you, because you work as, so you work in a preschool now, right? 
So, yeah. So I, um, when I first started, I was a school-based therapist. And then um, a few years ago, I switched over to more of a clinic setting. Um, But our clinic is really unique in that it um, kind of ties in aspects from a lot of different um, a lot of different types of settings. So kind of ties in like medical setting and preschool and early intervention and, um, and just a few different things. But so we have preschool classrooms there at our clinic. Um, and so I serve kids in some of those classes. And then I also, um, yeah, see preschool students for therapy too. So how did it all start as far as like starting your store? Cause I always find it, kind of so fascinating how, I mean, I know once you start the products and you start developing it, but you know, I have, I mean, a couple of products on my teachers pay teacher store, but it definitely takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work and a lot of time. And I was just curious about kind of how it all started, how you kind of just started thinking, Hey, you know, let me start my own store and start developing your products because I'm also just curious as a speech language pathologist, you know, how you find the time to create all of this and kind of how it all began, because I know how much work it takes to create those products. Yeah. Um, so it started out as just, you know, I just had kind of started seeing some other um, SLPs and some teachers, you know, putting their materials on teachers pay teachers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um And I just kind of thought like, hey, maybe I could do that too, which I feel like is how a lot of people start. Um, And then, uh, I don't know, I've just always loved like creating in some fashion. Um, And I've also like in middle school and in high school, like I kind of tinkered around with like HTML and like graphic design type stuff. And I originally, excuse me, um, I originally... I had wanted to go into graphic design at one point in college or yeah, for my college major. Um, and so it wasn't, I feel like that much of a stretch because um, it kind of combined two things that I really loved, you know, speech pathology and, you know, graphic design. And um, it does definitely take a lot of time, um, but it's kind of just my like creative outlet. Like it's not like it's, a business, but it's also a hobby at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just really enjoy doing it. So I don't mind putting in the time for it. Yeah. And you have such beautiful stuff on there. I mean, it's, you could tell how much time it takes and how wonderful the products are. So when you do print it out, what I always do is just laminate everything and then cut it like most speech pathologists, because we all have laminators. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's like one of those things that um, anytime anyone ever taken one of my graduate classes, like everyone buys a laminator after, because (laughs) all I talk about is like how great laminating is. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, so you must have tons and tons of great stuff to do with your preschoolers. And I was just wondering, you know, not only for speech pathologists, but also for teachers and then for those parents who are listening at home, just to talk about, you know, from a parent's perspective, you know, what do you, do you have any tips for parents about, you know, what products you think they should start with and, you know, just about using some of your book companions at, at home with their children? Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say the book companions for, um, for a parent would be a great place to start. Um, because they're books that, you know, 
you probably already have at home or something that you can easily grab like from the library or um, through Amazon or, you know, whatever. But um, I think the big thing for me would just be, you know, as a parent, you know your child best and you kind of know like what learning modality is best for them and what is motivating for them. And so just keeping that in mind when you're doing some of the activities in the book companion. So like just as an example, um, a lot of my book companions have like sequencing and retelling um, pieces to it. So you could take that and say your child is very much like a movement learner, like they need to be up and moving around and you know, that's just how they learn best. You could take those pieces and hide them around the room and have them go, you know, go look for a specific one and bring it back to, you know, the table where you're at. Or if they're, you know, more of a tactile learner and they kind of crave that sensory input, um, you could hide the pictures in, you know, a big sensory bin or a sensory table and have them dig through it to find the right picture. Um, So I think just kind of keeping those things in mind, like just incorporating whatever kind of learning style your child prefers into whatever you're doing to make it really motivating and fun for them. Yeah. And I also think it's also great, let's say just during mealtime too, because if you're sitting down and you're reading a book and a lot of times parents get stuck in, okay, well, we read the book and now it's over. But what I love about, you know, your products is that you know, there's so many more activities that you could do with the book. Mm-hmm. So it could even be stretched over, you know, like the, the one that you recently did, Monsters Love School. I mean, mm-hmm. there's enough activities to be doing stuff for weeks, yeah. I think, at home. Um, and the other thing that I also want to say is that sometimes people feel like, well, they've done an activity and it's over and they don't need to do the activity again. But I think what a lot of... Um, I think one of the great things is actually repeating a lot of the activities because, you know, not just to do it like one time that a lot of times kids love the repetition. So to do an activity several times is to do things in different ways. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about your recent um, upload with the Monsters Love School, because I love that. I mean, it was beautiful and like just fantastic and like so thorough. I mean, there's just so many great activities. I don't know if you could talk a little bit about that because I know some schools are going to be back in session soon. Some schools don't start for about another month, but I think it's a great book to, for back to school. Could you just talk a little bit about what's included in that bundle for Monsters Love School? Yeah. Um, so for anybody listening who's not familiar with the book, um, the book, the premise of the book is that there is a little monster who's going to school for the very first time and he is nervous and just doesn't know what to expect. And he's worried about, um, you know, like what they're going to do there and when is he going to eat and is he going to have any friends to play with? Um, so I think it's, you know, a lot of emotions that a lot of kids can probably relate to, um, you know, going either to school for the first time, like if they're going to preschool or, you know, if they're going to kindergarten, but they've, you know, never been in like a preschool center or anything, um, before, And so I think it's just, you know, something nice that a lot of kids can relate to, which is why I initially really loved the book. Um, But then it also just goes through um, kind of like a typical school day. And so um, 
you know, at the beginning, they are like checking their school supply list, which, you know, again, a lot of kids and parents can probably relate to. Um, And then it just kind of goes through different parts of the day, like they do art and they do um, science and library time and lunchtime and all of that. And so I just created materials um, to go with that book that all um, they all kind of surround that like back to school theme. Um, And all of the art in it is monster related to tie in with the book. And so there's um, there's different activities for um, there's like basic concepts where you can make um, make big and small and long and short um, like school supplies and monsters out of um, Play-Doh templates, which is probably my favorite part of it because I feel like every kid loves Play-Doh and that's just a really fun thing to be able to do with them. Um, and then, um, some of the other things that are in there, um, a lot of Play-Doh smash mats just in general. So there's some for, um, vocabulary, like some different verbs, um, that are summer related. Cause also at the beginning of the story, um, it talks about, you know, how monsters had a great summer, but now it's time to go back to school. So it ties in some of that too. So you could talk about, you know, some of the things that you did over the summer when you're doing that. And then also talking about, um, you know, like what are some of the different things you do at school, like reading and cutting and swinging and sliding and drawing and painting and all of those things. Um, Yeah, I'd say it's a lot of, I mean, a lot of like Play-Doh type pages, but you don't necessarily have to use Play-Doh with them. Um, so you could like to cover up the pictures, you could use pom-poms or since they're monsters, you could use like big googly eyes or whatever. Um, just kind of, you know, whatever your students or your children are motivated by and what they really like to use. So where did you get, so as far as the pictures go, did you create some of those images yourself? No, um, I, as much as I love to design, I cannot draw at all. Um, so I buy all of my clip art from clip art artists on teachers pay teachers. Right. I mean, it's just beautiful. And you also, I also see that you also have some free products as well for download on your teachers pay teacher store that some parents could even just try out to print and yeah. to get an idea on how to use the companions. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so one of the, um, one of, uh, the book related downloads in my store, that's free is um, a little extension activity for don't push the button, um, which is one of my favorite books and has become um, one of my students' favorite books for sure. They love it and don't seem to ever get tired of it. Um, And so the download is just a little extension activity where um, it's just strips that you fold in half. Um, So you would just cut them out and fold them in half. I don't laminate them, but you could. Um, So on the front of the, on the front of it, um, it's a little red button, just like from the book. And then on the back, it gives a description of something you turned into. So you would like push the button on the front and then you could flip it over and it'll, and it'll say, oh no, you turned into, um, you turned into an astronaut or you turned into a dinosaur or you turned into a ballerina. Um, so it tells you just different things you turned into because you push the button which is kind of fun. And every, everything that you could potentially turn into has um, like a motor action paired with it. 
So um, I really like that for kids who are um, maybe nonverbal, um, who are working on some of that motor imitation. And so that's, you know, a way that they can participate with the book. They can imitate your action or um, for some other kids, you could see if they can come up with the action and motor plan themselves. Like, oh, if we turned into a ballerina, what would we do sort of thing? So that's a really fun um, free activity in my store that I think a lot of parents would like. And I also think just as you said, you know, you mentioned children who are nonverbal or um, had those communication needs. I mean, I also think that your products are great as like visual prompts for kids and using NAAC because those are the kids that I work with. And Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of preschoolers. So I would use your products kind of in conjunction with any sort of augmented communication, which Mm -hmm. would also be great. Because when you're talking about like, don't push the button, it's a perfect visual prompt to kind of get them to also use their talker in addition to, you know, getting them to verbalize. But it's, um, yeah, it's fantastic. So I just wanted to ask you, like, what's your favorite part of creating your products? Um, I would say definitely like the the brainstorming process. Like just when I, when I first get an idea, like that first spark that just gets me so excited. And then I just start like either typing notes on, um, like on my computer or on my phone, or, you know, if I have paper and pen nearby, I'll just start like sketching out some ideas and writing some ideas. So I'd say that initial part, just like all of that excitement when you first get that new idea is probably my favorite part. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And it must be so fantastic just seeing your store grow like that and seeing all of your products out there, you know, just, just helping everybody else and seeing everything just in, in print like that must be amazing. Cause, and also just, I had one more question for you. So how do you choose the books that you're going to do the book companions with? Um, sometimes it's just a matter of like, I want to do this sort of theme Um, what kind of books would be, you know, what are some good books that are for this theme? And then I'll kind of flip through them and see um, if there are a lot of things I think I could pull from it to make a companion. Um, So I don't necessarily have like a specific process or criteria. It's just kind of, I don't know. Um, I guess it's just whether I feel like it's a good book and whether I feel like there's a lot of, um, a lot of like activities or skills that I could pair with that book. Right. Right. And I also think a lot of, you mentioned a lot of like kind of motor movement with your, you know, with your activities. So I also think it could be products that could be used also by occupational therapists and physical therapists. And also, I mean, I'm sure the teachers in your school are using your stuff in the classroom as well. Cause I would think that lots of preschool teachers would love your products. I mean, a lot of this stuff is also, I also want to emphasize that it's also for group therapy because a lot of the kids in preschool don't, don't just only get individual therapy. So kids get group therapy and Carrie also has a lot of products that you could use with groups. So also that includes, let's say families or parents who have multiple children. So you have two or three kids you could, you could actually use this product for all your kids. So just because let's say you have one who, one child who's a preschooler and you have another child who's early elementary or even elementary. I mean, it's a great way to kind of get involved together and to do something together. Cause also your products also include games as well that have like multiple players in it. So Mm -hmm. it's not just for like that individual therapy. It could also just be used in the classroom at home. So lots of different uses. 
Yeah. Um, and I hear from parents a lot too of um, kids who have older siblings that when they come home from school and it's kind of homework time that their preschooler wants to participate too. So that's also um, an awesome way to be able to get some of those activities in. So while the older kids are doing their homework, um, you know, maybe your preschooler or kindergartner, um, you know, if they don't have homework, but they're wanting to still do something, you know, they could, you could maybe pull out like a WH questions page um, from one of the books, um, from one of the book companions, and they can, you know, work on their page while their siblings are doing their homework. Right. Another great thing I just want to say to parents too, because I think a lot of parents may not be like, not know where to start. So you have so much on there. You have so many great resources. Um, but for some parents who may feel like a little bit overwhelmed with say with their child and what are their goals, what should I start with? Um, I mean, I would say to those parents, you need to talk to your speech language pathologist, show the products and ask them what's a good place to start. But um, Carrie, do you have any good suggestions about like, let's just say if it's a parent is overwhelmed, like just sort of where to start? Like where is a good place, like a basic place to start with some of maybe like a specific product that you have or let's just say Monsters Love School. What's a good place to start that um, that would be good for parents who feel like they're just not exactly sure where to begin? Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of preschoolers, um, if they're getting language therapy, nine times out of 10, they're probably going to have a goal for WH questions. Um, so you could just within um, within all of my book companion products, I have um, specific pages for WH questions. And um, the way that those look is there will be like one picture with a question above it um, in a box, and then there will be two answer choices below it. So there's typically um, like six, six of those on a page. It's a full page. Um, and so I usually have my preschoolers either use like a pom-pom or a little, um, a little like bingo chip or a little ball of Play-Doh, um, to cover up the correct answer. But so that would be a good place to start because like I said, nine times out of 10, I feel like, you know, if I have a preschooler who's in therapy and they have language goals, they're probably going to have a goal for WH questions. And what's nice about the pages that I make for my book companions that target that skill is that they do have those visuals there. So it's less verbal prompting that you have to give if you're not sure exactly what level, you know, of prompting or how much you should help. Um, having those visuals embedded right there, I feel like really helps them be more independent. So that might be a good place to start. Another thing I was thinking of too, is just like the vocabulary expansion as well. Cause I think a lot of um, parents kind of, sometimes we don't realize how much vocabulary is in a children's book. So yeah. just by reading the book and also going over some of the vocabulary in your, in your pet, you know, your different activities is also another great way to expand vocabulary for a preschooler. And um, just to also let parents know that it's not for kids just in speech and language therapy, that this is, these are products that I think all preschool children will like. Yeah, you know, so it's not, it's not like, oh, you just have to be working on specific goals. I mean, I think, you know, answering WH questions, improving vocabulary, um, any sort of language-based activity is great for, I think, any age child, because yeah. it's just, it's only going to help um, augment all that, 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 you know, anything that they're learning in school. But at home, I think through book reading and, and all these expansion activities, it's just 
wonderful to kind of add to all that vocabulary and anything else as the language is exploding, of course, during that age. Yeah, definitely. Just to drive home all of those concepts that you've talked about within the book with any kid, for sure. Exactly. So is there anything else that you want to add before we finish up? Um, I don't think so. I feel like we've covered quite a bit. Great. So, um, well, thank you so much for being here today. And in and underneath the podcast, you'll see that I'll have a link to Carrie's, Carrie's store as well as Carrie's website um, where you get to kind of check out all of her different products. So thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime. Time.